All right. Yes, guys, what are you saying? And welcome to a new episode of Talk Random with me, Abs. I'm so glad to be back here, guys. I am buzzing. I have a very special guest, guys. All my guests are very special. So I have a very special guest, guys. Today it is um, Aaron Willis, who featured in The Apprentice, finished in week 10. Before The Apprentice, had an amazing career in the Army, RAF. Absolutely incredible. And from that, he used his platform to help raise awareness for male mental health and especially signing up a charity such as Ripple, which he's wearing today. Hey, Aaron, how are you? Good, mate. How are you? I'm you all good? right. Bloody hell, finally. Another Northern. I'm bothered to have you on. Has to be done, doesn't it? I yeah, think that's yeah. it. You're flying the flag for, for the North. But honestly, it's a pleasure being here. It really is. And he's an avid United fan. Just a little bit obsessed. Yes. Look, Absolutely obsessed. A bit, bad, like, a bit bad, like all the guys going at the moment. Can you believe it? Like Lingard. I'm stuck for Lingard. Do you know what I like Lingard? I think yeah. Lingard's got his head's in the right place Matt in Tom. terms. Yeah, he's the thing is Matter going. It's like a romance, hasn't it? He's a nice guy, but he had to go for the benefit of of what's happening in his career. He's coming to the end of it, but it'd be sad to see Lingard. It's always sad to see um, academy players. I was the same with Welbeck. Oh. I was like, oh, I don't really want him to go, but I think for his career, he should at West Ham. Didn't he? That yeah, he's still got a lot. He's still a baller. Um, and I think he just needs to change and hopefully he does well. And Pogba as well, I was shocked. I wasn't. I don't know, I like all of the things they were academy players like Pogba. Yeah, I weren't shocked he was going. I think we realised it just wasn't... I always see with Pogba, it's like having... An, you never go back to your ex, do you? You yeah. never go back to your ex because it's always never going to be the same. And I think that's what happened. It was a lovely feeling him coming back, but it just just didn't work out. I know, uh, but then now, it's like, oh. But anyway, we're going to move on to the main topic, guys. Obviously, you're featured in The Apprentice this season of The Apprentice. But before that, don't talk about your career and how, what made you apply for The Apprentice. Yeah, I think initially, well, initially what made me apply for The Apprentice because my career in the RAF was coming to an end uh, on my, my terms. I wanted to finish that side and then run my own business at a certain age. So I was thinking, right, this is my plan. I want to run my own business at the end of um, my RAF career. But before that, um, before that all started, I was in sales for many years, like low, and it was quite a ruthless thing in terms of job security and things. I thought I need to be more secure. So I applied for the Air Force, didn't think I'd do 12 years, and then visited the most amazing places, not so amazing places. Um, What's the best place you visited? California. Oh my days, Cali. Yeah. What was the worst place? Um, Afghanistan, it was the worst. Was it tough? It was tough. But it was the most rewarding, yeah. Because you, you was doing a job that was making a difference, um, which I still stick to. We were making a difference, um, but we the amount of well, my job anyway was contributing to was saving lives as well and doing stuff that really I was quite proud to to serve there. Yeah. And fast forward your life after the army or RAF, sorry, it came to an end. You, what made you apply for the apprentice? Would you have you always wanted to be in the apprentice? I think I was always one of those that was sat on TV thinking, this is easy. Like, why are they making these silly mistakes? Like, I can do this and get an investment. So for years, I thought, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I never, I used to always bottle it. And at one time, I just thought, I'm going to apply yeah. and see what happens. Um, and all of a sudden, I got a call back and they was doing so. I thought, well, I'm in here now. I've like, I've made too much of a, I've, I've gone too far. Committed. I can't, I've committed. Yeah, you can't go back now. <laughs> you can't. So, um, yeah, it was really good. Um, and I just wanted to, I knew I was obviously starting up my own business. And I thought with a 250 grand investment, um, we're working with Lord Sugar, it, it, there's nothing better, yeah. to be fair. And you mentioned before they had sales background. Yeah. Do you feel like the sales background really helped you pitch your way into becoming like being on the apprentice 
it does help. It does help having a sales background. The sales background that I did wasn't, it wasn't a typical like market stalls. And I think, so when we did the task in Wales, I struggled a bit because I was never a salesperson to go up to people in the street and get them in. Whereas the last season, Tommy Skinner, he was a natural yeah. at it. Absolutely amazing at that. Whereas me, I was a bit more methodical business to business sales. So I found it, that helped me in negotiations with businesses and corporate like it did at Silverstone. It really helped. Yeah. But yeah, it, I think having that say, kind of sales experience does make a big difference, especially in that process. Yeah. Um, when you got the call to say you're actually on it, what was going through heavy? Like, yes, I'm actually done it. Yeah. Or I were think... you like, bloody hell, what have I got myself in for? <laughs> a bit of both, Abs. Yeah. I think I kind of knew that I was going in. I knew, and I don't know why, I just had a feeling that, that was belief it. belief and a drive. It was a belief, it was a drive. I think you can call it manifestation. Yeah, I was going like... you're manifesting, you know, I'm getting on it, I'm on it, man. I made it. Yeah, I started studying, looking at manifestation and I, I believe that I was going on it. So when I got the call from the producers, they was like, oh, you're in. I was like, yep, cool. And there was like, oh, we was expecting like a bit more than that. And I felt like rude, but I'm like, no, it's because I kind of knew that I was yeah. going on. It was just like a, a formality kind of thing. Um, Cause I, so, but the feeling was like, oh no, like I'm coming in the house in a few weeks. Um, that's when it hit home. Do you feel like your anxiety was at like sky high? Cause you left like your, your wife, your children and everything. Yeah. Do you feel like that was a bit hard for you at first? Yeah, it was, I think. Cause you're like the, Essential breadwinner, or you're the essential like the like that, that family trip that someone's missing. I'm the nucleus of that house, nucleus, like the heartbeat. I the think. heartbeat, I like that. Yeah, so the heartbeat's gone. <laughs> yeah. the you're heartbeat's like the, gone. the love and energy. <laughs> yeah, I think that my wife's very energetic in that, but we're really, really close. And I think when I left, left her to go to the house, that's the first time I cried like in a long time, and I just couldn't. And she wrote me a letter, and oh. the kids wrote me stuff. And it was, they give me like a little like pack and I couldn't even, even now I'm choking up a bit, I couldn't really read it for days because we was in a hotel to isolate for a week before we went in oh, the house. Oh, was it because of COVID? Own. Yeah, so we was on our own. Yeah. So I said to her, I said, I can't, she said, have you read your card? I'm like, I can't read it. I can't open it yet because I was completely on my own, couldn't leave the hotel and my anxiety was really high then and I think I struggled a bit there. Speaking about anxiety, did the show prepare you for that side of it, or did they not like prepare you for that because of homesick? Because you're a local lad, you're from yeah. Ripping Charlie, lived in Bolton now. Yeah. Did the show prepare you for that? The show, they do the best. The, the producers are brilliant. They have a good welfare team who are in contact with you before you go in. Um, you get assigned a welfare person, and mine, he was amazing. So they prepare you for that, but one thing they can't prepare you for, and bear in mind, I've done the military, so homesickness shouldn't be yeah. a problem. So I thought, because I've done it before, yeah. but this time is different. I'm I'm not with anybody I know. I'm not doing a job that I know. By yourself. I'm by myself. Isolated. And I'm out of comfort zone. I'm isolated. So no matter what they can do to help you, because they do, they can't prepare you for it. They really can't. And did you speak to anyone before you were anxious in the hotel? Did you, were you allowed to leave the hotel to go for a walk or anything? You was allowed um, designated walks with a producer um, while you was out there once a day. Was that in case anyone leaked anything to the press? It wasn't that, it was more of the COVID. Oh, because yeah. if one of us got COVID then, before we went in the house, you were, you would have been out the you would have been out the process. It was that strict. Um so nobody wanted it. So um we was very much a case if you have a twenty minute walk outside, but then once you've had your twenty minute walk, you're back in. You're back in the hotel room in these four walls on your own. I found that really tough. I had the I had the footballer the tournament was on, which helped. Yeah. 
but still, it was. Did you bring difficult. a PS5 with you as well? I couldn't bring that because you have to hand everything in. So oh. I just had the, I just had the, I had a fire stick that the supplier which I've got back in. I, I watched loads of Netflix and that did a bit of fitness in, in in my room. But you couldn't go out for tea, you, so the tea was being delivered to your room. So that in itself was really difficult for my mental health. I think. Yeah, I feel like that does affect anyone's mental health, and you prepared yourself mentally. Yeah. Obviously, like, it's different. Like you mentioned, like it's different to the RAF, and it's different to this because you thought you'd be mentally prepared. But when you're isolated in a room, four walls, surrounded by just TV and you and your four walls, yeah. and like a little amount of space, and like it's like technically like being like, like all your rights have gone basically, but yeah. then for, it's for your own safety at the same time. Yeah. What made were you mentally prepared to actually when you when you went to the house? What was going through your head when you met all the contestants? I looked at the contestants, and there was a few of them that I thought. I'm gonna to have to really work hard here because there's a lot of talent, but there were so many big personalities, and that's when I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna fit in it because I'm quite a loud person, yeah. I'm quite a confident person, and at the first few weeks or the first few days, I was quite in my own, I'm quite introverted because I just was figuring people out, and I remember speaking to one of the cast members a few few weeks after and said, oh, he was quite quiet, and we didn't think, and I was just out my comfort zone. And they, these people was extremely good business people, and a lot of them have already had businesses successfully, yeah. and come from really successful backgrounds. And I felt out of place um, because I'm just Aaron from from Bolton, who hasn't had a business for long, and they were talking about words that I didn't really understand. Oh, we were going to do this, and we were going to yeah. these like acronyms, and I'm like, I don't know what the hell you're on about. So I struggled a bit there, I think, as well. Yeah. Do you feel like those people who are from like? You're from Bolton, like you said, you're from a working class background. Mm. Do you feel like that? Um, do you felt like that they personally like um, were speaking to them big workers? They thought they were above you, or do you feel like you proved people wrong? Saying you're from a working class background, I can do it. Like I can absolutely smash this, and you're representing people from a, um, a background where it's not really as seen as much on TV. You don't see it much. Um, a northern um, person who doesn't have that background. I don't think they was doing it to, I think they were generally well-educated people, the majority of them, and well-spoken. And with me, I was just this, this black Northern guy who would come in and instead of having caviar, well, they didn't have caviar, but like- Ooh, What's caviar like? I've never tried it. Oh. But I'd prefer, like they'd go to Pressure Manger, whatever yeah. it's called, and I'd prefer a Greg's. Oh yeah. And I always think like, I'm just I'm happy with it. I'm happy with a, a steak bake yeah. or a sausage and bean. I'm not bothered about this halloumi wrap. Yeah. Although it were nice to be. I'm ready, but I am I am being nice. flashed to halloumi wrap. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't yeah. tell you at the time. But I'm like, yeah. yeah, it's actually quite nice. Um, so I think there was a lot of differences in terms of my upbringing, but it certainly didn't discount for these people because there was there was good in their own right. I was just I was the only typical northern lad. There. Yeah. And speaking about your community, so obviously you met everyone. What was the process like when you met everyone? Was we were you filming straight because I, I saw a video of you when you ran to answer the phone. Yeah. Uh, what was the process like when you met everyone? You had to share rooms and everything. Was that like what was that like? Is that like home comfort? Did that, did that make you feel because you're away from home, RAF, you're around people? Did that uplift your anxiety and your worries? Or was it about oh, oh I'm, I'm on eggshells? Um, I think when I met Alex and Connor, um, they made it a little bit easier for me because we was I got on really well with them at the start and Alex, um. He suffered from mental health. I obviously had, and we was both going through the same different, like, kind of process. So he made me feel at home, he really did, and I'm absolutely thankful for that. Um, so they did ease it a lot, 
it really, really did because I was with some good quality guys in there. And speaking about Alex and how you really, was he open and honest to you first or did you have to be open and honest first or did you just like come together and speak about it? I think we just came together. I think there was um, there was a time where things were getting a bit tough for us both um, for whatever reasons and we just said, listen, I'm I'm struggling a bit um, when it's missing home or the tasks you get or just feel... And we just kind of spoke about, well, I've struggled with mental health for years and... And we always said, you know, when we get out of here, I don't want, I want to push the awareness for mental health and, and realise that, because he's, he's a typical bloke, good looking guy, big guy, and the lad's lad and the same with me, but we still had our own struggles. Yeah, and it's um, nice to it's see that, like, you're a lad's lad, you're big looking guy, he's an area fit, but yet again, you're still open and honest struggles. Yeah. During your 10 weeks within like, the task and everything, you mentioned you struggled on the Wells task where mm. you had to do this. Were there any points you were excelling at tasks? Like, yes, I've got this, I've got this. And what was being like the best task and the the most? And what is it like to be in the boardroom when you actually get called back? You're like, oh gosh, I'm scared. Yeah, I think well, the the task that I would say was either the gaming or the Silverstone, where I knew there was no way if we was going to lose that task. So I was like, we was we were smashing it. Um, we so I was quite confident with the whales. I weren't so sure. Um, I think I knew. I was going to lose it if I was being honest. So getting back into the boardroom for that one was a tough one. But the toothbrush, that was the one where I actually thought we'd won. Because yeah. I thought, I looked at their toothbrush and I'm like, oh, it's all right. But look at ours. It's it's like yeah. a... Then everyone said it was like a turd. I'm like, that was only at that point. I'm like, yeah, it is. We've done it again. We've made another turd product. And I think that's the only time I thought I was going to go because it was me who designed that. Um, that's So being back in the boardroom in the bottom three... You're just waiting for him to point that finger at you. And, and what's it like? To, I'll be like, oh my days, I am. Like, yo, Lord Sugar. Have you got to call him Lord Sugar or yes, I learn? Yes, Shugs. No, no, imagine if I called him Shugs. I'll be out there. They, but you're all right, Shugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shugs. Yeah. Um, no, I, did, I didn't try that. It was Lord Sugar the whole time. And Ooh. you've got to. So, yeah, there's no Shugs or Big Al or anything like that. It's, he's big, it's, but he's small at the same time. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's big, big bank balance, hasn't he? So, yeah. Yeah, but he was, um, it's totally respectful. He is a lord, but in his own right. So you got to give yeah. him that kind of respect. One, people bring back how scary is it because it's so dramatic when I see it on TV. I'm like having palpitations for you yeah. guys. I'm like, oh gosh, oh, I'm having palpitations. What is it actually like being in the boardroom? And what is it actually like you waiting for people and guessing who's gone home? That's, well, obviously when you see it on TV, just multiply that by 100 because you only see 20 minutes of that. Yeah. So we're in for over an hour, maybe two, in that boardroom where he's getting scrutinised, how we're going to go. It's awful. And we're, especially when they're reading out the results, you're like, it's just the most nerve-wracking time. And when it is boardroom day, you'll find that we don't... Sp like when we've got like an hour left before we go into the boardroom, it's just silence. We don't talk to each other. We're just in our own zone and it's so unnerving. When you win and you go back to the, they, you have your treat, you go back to the house, waiting for other people is also nerve wracking. It looks fun. It, it's fun, but you're like- I'm a luxury. Yeah, you're like, who's gonna, who's gonna come back? Cause you, you always, I think I kept saying actually all the time and I was like, oh, you must dislike him. I'm like, I don't, I just think he's, he's in the bottom three again. Yeah. It's gotta be him. And he always come through and it was quite funny, but it was always a case of who is gonna come back, who is gonna come back. And it was just, you always tell sometimes with the heels, like, you know, it's a girl yeah. coming back. Um, so and what's it like in the Bridge Cafe? It's horrendous. It horrendous. looks horrible. It's horrible. It's horrible. And is that near location? Or is it out? 
it's not far away. Um, so it's it's um, so people say it's a, it's a real cafe where it's an actual working cafe, bridge cafe. Yeah, it's um, well they, we had La Cabana this time because the bridge cafe was so we had the La Cabana cafe which is not far away. And it's just as bad. It's just it's horrendous. It's a lovely cafe. I'm sure the food's good. But they make it out like it's really not luxury. It's not luxury. It's not the, the coffee's horrendous, um, and it's just they try to make it that way. And don't forget the atmosphere and. It's gloomy just, and gloomy. It's gloomy, it's, and everyone's then everyone's going to blame each other. So you know you're going to have a you're going to have a row here. Yeah, and you're going to have to do your best to to fight your corner. And what is this thing? Because I've seen it every year. Yeah, right. I'm sure you must have heard of it. Why does everyone leave in a trench coat? It's cold, isn't it? That's the thing. We, we, at the end of the day, we we that's it's a business attire. So if it's cold or whatever, it's just. That's just the way. I we had that before. Been. We don't used it though. Everyone leaves in a trench coat after like the series. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's one of those that kind of just gives a. I think that's the apprentice thing now, isn't yeah. it? And I think they've and, got that. And what, when you actually left in week ten, yeah, for example, what was going through your head and how did you feel? Because that was quarterfinals. Did you envision yourself to go to ten weeks? I thought I'd go initially. No, after after the the wand, I didn't think I'd last ten weeks. And then um, there was a point where I think I'm going to win here or at least get to the final. And then I did the baby food challenge and I've let myself down. And I realised, that's how I felt. I felt I've just completely let me and my family down. Because I knew I was going. I knew it was. There was no way on earth I would escape that after making such a big mistake. It wouldn't happen. So that's when I, I, I went back to the hotel when we when I got fired, came back. And I would never forget it. I just burst out in tears. Were you allowed to tell your wife straight away? You could have done, but I didn't want to tell her. Oh because I wanted to surprise her. So I came home and she weren't expecting me to come home. And I just thought it'd be quite nice. Um, so I was in my room again, and I'll never forget it. I went for a drink, and all of a sudden, I've never had it, I don't know if you have, but I just felt emotion where I couldn't control. So I'm like, I'm gonna have to run. I actually ran back to my room, because if I stayed, I just would have broke down. I, there was just somewhat overwhelming, and I just remember shutting the hotel door. Yes. I haven't told anyone this. I shut the hotel door, and I was just floods with tears. Do you think that was because of, um, like, the amount of work you put in, or do you think like you let yourself down? It's a mixture of everything. It was a mixture of leaving people, like the cast. You the actually crew. make friends with them. You make real you life do. friends. And that's what people who say, like, you so do. you're a crane. And who did you speak to when you were crying? I had no one. I didn't speak to anyone. Um, I, I was just crying on my own. Um, and it was, it just, it, I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. And it, I think it was just 10 weeks of tiredness, stress. Um, even in my voice now, I get upset because I think it's one of those that it's just something that you just couldn't control. Um, and after I had that cry, I was all right. Then, then I was done. And speaking about crying and going on to like a sensitive topic now is, yeah. you mentioned your very, very like mental health, male mental health. For me personally, like, I've always been open and honest with my mental health. I am openly honest. I struggle with my mental health and I speak out about it. If I'm struggling, yeah. I do speak out. But as a male, I think, and as a society, I think we've been conditioned not to speak out about our emotions. For a, a lad like yourself, always buzzing, always happy, what was it like for you to speak out about like your metabolism? and what made you get into suicide prevention, rip all the charity? Yeah, I think I've seen so many people not just lose their lives, but get to the point where they've lost jobs or just completely lost relationships due to something that's that's prevented. Okay, so I think it was just one of those that I thought, I, I always class myself as a lad's lad. And if I can openly talk that I struggle, we all struggle. I, I have sad days and I have good days. So I wanted to have a profile. When I left The Apprentice, I could have done two things. 
I could have just done nothing. I want to be an advocate for mental health. So I, I stumbled across Alice um, and Ripple, who sadly um, lost her brother due to suicide, um, Josh. And it was just a case of she, he was actually looking of ways to end his life, believe it or not. Mm. And he was getting tips from other other people. There was an actual site that gives people tips of how to do it. So um, the Ripple Charity is a preventive software. So when people are typing these things in, it diverts them to signposting of there is help and there is hope. And there's. And as soon as I read the story and spoke to I just picked up the phone and like, I want to be a part of this. There's not enough awareness of suicide prevention. Um, and I'm honoured to be an ambassador for them. I really am. It's something that they didn't ask me to do. It's something I wanted to do. And were you there like their first proper like ambassador outside of the charity? Or was other ambassadors there as well? They have other people working with the charity. And I think, um, so there's other people who have suffered in the public eye, who have suffered or have lost people um, to suicide. But I think, yeah, I think in terms of like the profile, I'm think much the only one really to start it in that respect in terms of an ambassador role. Yeah. Um, which I'm, I won't stop until this software is in everywhere. Uh, do you feel like your colleagues, like Alex and all that, are supportive of this, like, the work you do as well? Massively. Um, Alex, Akeem, everyone, I think, um, Steph, we all, they support me or they support the charity, they support the what we're trying to achieve. Um, Akshay has come on some of our lives and just said words of positivity. Um, lads struggle, and I think... If me, Alex, and Akeem or actually whoever can say we're struggling. They're like your, um, some of your friends that you made for life, I think. Like, yeah. You're really close with them. And just like moving on to some other stuff that we were talking about, um, uh, final bits, like just saying like as a young person yourself and like as a male yourself, what words of advice would you give to people saying, you know what, Abbas, we're struggling, you know what, it's okay not to be okay. As a lad, like... You've helped loads of other people like coming on TV, but seeing someone like yourself who's from yeah. a, like a diversity background, what would you what would you say to any young person who's going through that and any male to say, you know what, sh- sh- um, like sh- uh, we can do it, like we don't need to hide our emotions, we don't need to hide anything. Yeah, the, the, all I'd say is the first time you do it, don't because it's hard to hide it because you still want to be macho, don't you? And the first time you say it to someone, and I said it to my mate, my, my, my best friend Mike, and I'm struggling you will not realise the weight off your shoulders when you just say, listen, I'm struggling. And what people don't realise is that there's so much help out there. It might not be even professional in terms of the charities. It could be your mate. Are you talking, Can we have a drink? Yeah, I'm up for a pint. And then in that time, just say, I'm just struggling a little bit. And not one of your mates, I guarantee, will say, oh, well, shut up kind of thing. It's just so important to speak. And we bang on about it so much. But I promise you, once you start speaking to people, because I guarantee they've suffered as well. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I think about Dave suffered. Um, where can people get more involved with, like, with yourself and more charitable work? And where can young males seek advice? And what other male awareness are you involved in as well? Yeah, I'm working with a, another, it's an ex-military called Tough Enough to Care. And it's another um, charity where, where men who have had that military background or just someone who just want to talk about it, um, it's, it's just something that, we want it to be a natural thing and Andy's Men's Club, all them kind of people and charities where I want to get, I really want to get a group together of lads, whether it's on Instagram Live or we go down to the pub organised. I like that, yeah, like men talk. Yeah. It's about men's talking. And um, to finally round up, like you mentioned like Akeem and Alex and other people. 
how have they helped you and how has your friendship been since you left the show? Because I know you guys are more on about, not the reality TV route, you're more about business orientated than other yeah. routes. It, do you know what? It's so nice to someone who you can pick, like I met Akeem in town the other day. Yeah, I saw on TikTok. Yeah, it's like nothing's changed. Um, and it, they're friends for life. Um, you could go through weeks without speaking to him. But yeah, they've been through the same thing as you, the guys, and it's brilliant to have them. It's nice to round up. I round up on some more fun bits. Uh, so round up on love, love, little um, light-hearted bits. Love Island. Who's your top three? Who's gonna win? Or yeah. who's my top? Who's three? your top three so far? Top three so far. Um, I don't know if you knew that Gemma's my Chloe's daughter, but I'm. Not, but the yeah. top three, I would say David A. Legend. Yeah. I like it. I like him really. Um, Paige seems a really nice girl. I think she just needs to find love. She seems really, really nice. And um, I do like what's he, um, what's she called? Um, is it Paige? Not Paige. The, Amber. Not Amber. The the blonde one. Um, Tasha. Tasha. She seems nice as well. See, the, Tasha. For, for me, it's um, it cannot Amber and India so far. I think that they're more fun and they need more airtime. But I like it, Love Island. But for me, obviously. Uh, it's about the fun. I see y'all all um, fun TikToks and everything. Yeah. Who do you do you actually think that's gonna be about? Do you actually think um, it's all about the Gemma show at the moment? I think so, and I think they've got an angle, haven't they? They've yeah. got the, the she's old... a great girl. Don't get me wrong. Exactly, but she's got a story, hasn't she? And I think, but Ekin Sue, she reminds me of Mora. Yeah, she she's, does. She's come in and she's stirred the pot, and she's hungry. She's man eater, and she wants. She get what she wants, yeah. and she is the new Mora. Times ten. Yeah, Ekansu loved everything. Went into right into Davide, and then she went right into um. What's he called? Jack, Josh, um, guy. Jacks, Jacks, straight in with straight him, in. and then back to Davide. Yeah. So like, oh gosh, she is stirring the pot. And one more thing to round up: Do you feel like more young people like yourselves need to be more aware of like media training when they're going to like, the reality TV business? Massively, I think it was a shock for me. I'll, obviously, I won't go on too much about it, but I found the media can be cruel really cruel um and i don't think obviously they sell the papers and that's fine they don't see how it affects other people um and i think more awareness needs to make for things that especially when they say things relevant that are not, they're not true and so yeah. things that are not true was re written about me yeah and my mental health went through the roof because i knew it weren't true and that and person that apologized that person did apologize he, he dm me and said he didn't mean to say those things and the, the press twisted it um but the damage has been done. My, yeah. my life has been ruined for a few days because you've said something that's been twisted. Um, and it was good that you apologised, and that's fine. But it's the way that like, he didn't publicly apologise to you that's publicly. That's all I wanted. DM'd, but he DM'd you, but privately apologised. Yeah. But like you said, Aaron, like you're absolutely smashing it. Like Your resilience is your key. And one thing from this topic is, like, guys, although you're in the limelight and everything, you took the positive route, which is, like, raising awareness for vital people. And you're on campus today at UA92, and you made some great connections. And I feel like a ripple of the charity and all the work that you're doing is doing absolutely great and incredible. And I personally feel like we need more people like yourselves who need to just make a public awareness for it. But honestly, Aaron, it's been a pleasure, man. No, thanks Bloody for having me. Bloody hell, I can't believe I've got an apprentice guy on can't here. can't believe I'm here. Bloody hell, thank you so much. No, thanks, guys. Appreciate it.